0: This episode is brought to you by BetUS.com. Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your MLB, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and, yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BetUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BetUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code DSP125 or 200% bonuses using crypto with the promo code DSP200. Customer service pros are ready to get your phone, social, and online sports betting kickoff started now. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry. BetUS. You bet. You win. You get paid. (laughs) BetUS.com. Hello everybody, welcome into the Texas AM Aggies Daily Blitz, your daily stop down for all things Aggies athletics, football, basketball, baseball, women's soccer underway, by the way, with that nice little 13 game home winning streak there at Ellis Field, but we're not here to talk about basketball, baseball, or soccer, boys and girls, we are here to talk about your Texas A&M fighting Aggies. As game one is in the books. And it was a good one. We certainly hope everybody had a chance to watch. If you didn't, you're missing out. Uh, Yeah, things started, uh, I guess you could say, a little bit slow for the Aggies um, on Saturday night against the Kent State Golden Flashes. And if you knew they were the Golden Flashes before the game or before you did any research... Uh, on that game, congratulations to you because I did not know they were the Golden Flashes until we started prepping, prepping for that game, oh, a few weeks ago. But uh, it was nice to see Kyle Field at full capacity again, 100,000 plus for Kent State. It was the first time, of course, since 2019 that Kyle Field was full, and uh, it was really nice to see the what they called the red, white, and blue out uh, in commemoration of the same thing that they did in the first game back after the uh, attacks 20 years ago on 9-11. So it was really great to see that. It was great to see all the fans, great to hear all the fans. Um, Lots of things going on in game one. Uh, Of course, you know, not to be lost in the game itself, Haynes King making his first collegiate start for the Aggies. We'll get into him a little bit more. As we go on here, but, uh, you know, I don't know if you were impressed with his performance. Certainly wasn't the best, but, uh, you know, first game as a starter, and he was just announced as the starter the week of. So I don't really know what kind of expectations one might have for Haynes King coming into his first Aggie start uh, against a Mac team um, that, uh, you know, Doesn't traditionally have a great defense But um, one thing they are good at They were good at in their four games Of course they played a shortened COVID schedule last season Went 3-1 and Uh, They were pretty good at stopping the pass Last season Uh, So you know those interceptions Again we'll get into Haynes King a little bit more But uh, a lot of players showed up For this one from the get go Devin A. Chain of course he looked like he did And he had that same run looked like that he did In uh, the Orange Bowl against North Carolina, that 63-yard touchdown run in the third quarter. Leon O'Neill Jr., an 85-yard pick six for his second pick of the day. Um, and, it's, of course, there in the fourth quarter, closing out the game, Haynes King threw another touchdown pass to Smith, and A. Chain ran in his second touchdown of the game. Golden Flashes, of course, had that lone touchdown in the fourth quarter to make it look, you know, I guess better than it was on their part, but you know, overall the, the Aggies with 595 yards total offense. That's 292 passing and 303 yards rushing. That rushing uh, number there is quite impressive. Of course, the three picks by King, uh, not not very impressive, and it, at least one of those was just a bonehead pass and went right to the defender. I don't know what he was looking at or what he was confused by. Um, totals, A-Chain led the running backs with 124 yards, two touchdowns, Spiller had 113 yards on the ground. Dania Smith, of course, led receivers, two touchdowns and a hundred yards. And by the way, I know all eyes are on Weidermeyer every game. How about Caleb Chapman, four catches for 91 yards? Caleb Chapman had a great game. As we prepare, of course, for Colorado up there at mile high next Saturday at 230, but What were some of the things that went right and some of the things that went wrong here on Saturday against Kent State? Of course, we talked about the interceptions. Um, So I guess... Yeah, I mean, I guess we can start with the interceptions here, but you got to know the opponent a little bit. Um, And we did, you know, get to know the enemy. We hope you saw that podcast last week before the game. But, uh, you know, when you're looking at... Uh, Kent State, again, they played the four four game schedule, COVID schedule last week uh, last year, three and one. What's interesting is they lost their one loss was the last game of the season to Buffalo, also a MAC team. Uh, They allowed Buffalo to hang seventy points on them uh, in that last game, Um, and this is a team, Kent State, offensively, by the way, that scored well over six hundred or. Amassed over well over six hundred yards per game, and almost fifty points per game, and it's largely this. I mean, for the most part, it's the same team that they had last season. Most of the significant starters, all the significant starters, are all back, including quarterback Dustin Crum, who's a beast. I think he's going to be a beast here as we move forward in twenty twenty one. But Haynes King, of course, had a disappointing game, uh, but he did show some flashes of what I would call quarterback brilliance. Um, of course his first ever start, there's going to be some nerves. There's going to be some growing pains there. He had a brand new offensive line. He was just named the starter this past week. You know, I don't know what they did with him as far as, uh, practice with the starters leading up to this game. I didn't pay too much attention to that, but there's always going to be a warming up period. If you want to call it that for any new starter, I guess, unless your name's Bryce Young, and you play for Alabama, don't even want to go there. But uh, it was it was tough to see him throw those three interceptions. Um, You know, and I'll say, a lot of people out there are saying, well, just two of them were his fault because you're looking at deflected balls. Well, you know what? I don't care. Deflected balls, the quarterback's fault because it was deflected because he didn't see the defender. I don't care if it's deflected on the line or it was deflected in the secondary by a linebacker or safety or corner or whoever. That's still on the quarterback because he didn't see the defender, or he didn't out throw the defender, or whatever the situation was. So all of these, yes, all three of these picks were on Haynes King. Uh, they weren't unlucky tips. as Some writers have have come out with since Saturday. They weren't unlucky tips. It was on the quarterback. He threw the ball into coverage, uh, or he didn't make it over the line. You know that he didn't see the defender on the line of scrimmage. Raise his hand or whatever. It's always on the quarterback. Don't give me that crap about unlucky tips and crap. So, King looked shaky. Um, but, again, that's to be expected, right? It's his first start. Um, but we did see some flashes of brilliance, including that uh, everybody's calling it the Johnny Manziel play because it certainly looked like something Johnny Football would have done back in the day. It was on a third and long, and I don't remember. It was third and 10, maybe third and 12. Uh Haynes King scrambles over there to his right, um, eludes a couple of defenders from the Kent State defensive line, turns around, runs back the other direction, and I think I counted he ran about 40 or 42 total yards to convert a third and long and get 14 yards before running out of bounds on the play on the left sideline. That was pretty cool to watch, and there's going to have to be a whole lot more of that going on this season. He's going to have to realize and figure out when to throw the ball and when to run. Uh, when I say throw the ball, I mean throw the ball away or when to try to extend the play with his feet. But, you know, again, not all on Haynes King. Give, give him some time. He's got Colorado coming up. I think they're going to be a little bit tougher. Uh, but they're a little bit better, of course, coming from the big Pac-12 as opposed to the MAC team that Kent State was. But, yeah, you know, 292 yards, two touchdowns, 21 of 33 passing. Give Give Haynes King some, some time. He's going to be just fine, boys and girls. Nothing to worry about there. Um, the three picks, of course, he equaled Kellen Mond's total of interceptions for last season. But let's not compare last season's Kellen Mond to this season's Haynes King because, of course, Kellen was – a full fledged veteran starter for the Aggies last season and had been polished for a couple of years by Jimbo Fisher. So let's give him a little bit of leeway, give him a longer leash there. I think he's going to be fine. If you want something, a, a bright spot to look at, look at the defense, the AM defense. The AM defense uh, got off to a slow start, that Kent State. That first drive where they got down into the Aggies' red zone, kicked a field goal, that was a little alarming to watch. I'm not going to lie. But uh, that was pretty much it until we got to garbage time. Was that three points before they're late in the fourth? Of course, AM allowed a touchdown. But, you know, I-, I was pretty impressed with the Aggies' defense. Again, Kent State last season, pretty much the same team, averaged over 600 yards a game. And darn near 50 points a game. AM allowed 336 total yards against them Saturday night. So, yeah, I'd say AM's defense has arrived here, game one. And I'd be pretty proud of that stat. I'd be proud of those numbers that they put up. Again, the first drive of the season is where a lot of those 336 yards came from, too. But, uh, you know, give them a drive To get their feet wet And get gelled a little bit They certainly held it together the rest of the game Um, after that first drive The defense was indeed dominant There's no other way to put it They had a few sporadic, Kent State did a few sporadic Chunk plays Uh, you know, 20 yard pass here and there But none of those Passing plays resulted in anything but Uh, punts on those Um, those drives That they happened on, but, uh You know, you got to keep in mind the Aggies' defense performed pretty dang well without two of their starting defensive linemen. Of course, due to suspension. McKinley Jackson didn't play. Michael Clemens didn't play. But it did not matter. The defense looked really, really good. And uh, they're only going to get stronger moving forward. And I think they're going to have to because I don't know that this offense is going to be one of these offenses that can score 40 50 a game against some of these upcoming defenses on the schedule. So you're going to need your defense to really crack down and uh, keep these from being shootouts, which you think they will for sure. Of course, Leon O'Neal, that pick six pretty much opened the floodgates for scoring there in the second half. And the second half, A&M offense just looked awesome uh, with the exception, of course, of the picks. But, uh, you know, we got to see Zach Calzada a little bit. He threw an interception, Um, but uh, man, no, I think think the defense is going to be just fine. I'm very, very anxious to see this defense against Alabama on October 9th, of course. So, we're looking forward to that game. We hope they're not looking forward to that game, but we're looking forward to it. So, let's take all of these notes, put them together. What do we say? Well, this offense isn't as bad as it looked. Not that it looked terrible, but it certainly did not look polished. It did not look uh, like they were gelling as well as the defensive unit was. But again, Haynes King, first start. Brand new offensive line. Let's give that offensive line a little bit of credit, too. They're going to have to get a little bit better, but I thought they performed very admirably, giving King protection when they needed to. As far as the offense goes, though, 595 yards. That's a really good number. Uh, Last season, the Aggies, who everybody knows and says they had a potent offense last season, they only averaged 439.3 yards uh, all of last season, and you're talking about a big chunk, 595, against Kent State in week one. So, um, again, a rough first half on offense, and even the turnovers in the second half, alarming for sure. But uh, I think things are going to get better, boys and girls, Aggies fans. Give Haynes King the next couple of games, Colorado, New Mexico, Arkansas coming up, Mississippi State, and then the big one, Alabama at Caulfield on October 9th. I think he's going to be fine by the time that Alabama game comes up, by the way, probably before, because he's got a couple of SEC games before that with Mississippi State and Arkansas. New Mexico at Caulfield on September 18th. That's going to be a big test for him, and I think he's going to have it, for the most part, figured out. Uh, by the time that rolls around and we are looking forward to these games next week, Colorado at what is basically a uh, neutral site game at mile high field or Invesco field at mile high, whatever the hell they call it these days, the new mile high. Uh, but of course, so close to Colorado, <clears throat> the campus up there it's basically could be a home game for Colorado just uh, on a different turf, but uh, looking forward to that Two thirty, I believe is kickoff on Saturday Look forward to that game. We look forward to many, many Aggies games coming up, boys and girls, this season in 2021. I would like to know what your thought of the uh, the first game was. What did you think were the strengths? What did you think were the areas of concern uh, for the Aggies here in game one? Was it the interceptions by King? Was it, uh, you know, the, the slow start by the defense? Uh, was it, uh, you know, I, I don't know. There's really a lot of places you could go, uh, with it. By the way, A&M did not punt the ball one time for the entire game. So maybe punting is an issue. I don't know. Hey, look me up on the Twitter. I am at IndyCarTim. The show is at AggiesDaily. Uh, if you're on the YouTube, we certainly appreciate you tuning in and watching these videos. Our listenership and our subscribership is growing and growing daily. And we appreciate you guys that are tuning in and subscribing. Make sure you like each video. Make sure you leave some comments on each video. Let me know what you're thinking about the content. Let me know what you think about that show specifically. And I do try to monitor those comments and I will reply to you. Tell you how smart you are because, number one, you're watching the show. And number two, you've got some uh, opinions that you need out there to tell everybody about. But we do appreciate you tuning in here today. We will do it all again tomorrow. It is game week. So, of course, Saturday, uh, let's see, we did the uh, review. Uh, Normally, we'll do this on Monday, but because of the holiday yesterday, we pushed it to Tuesday. So, normally, Mondays will be your game recap, what went right, what went wrong. And then at some point during the week, like we'll do this week, we'll do a get-to-know-the-enemy for Colorado. We'll do that each week for every opponent that's coming up the following weekend. And in between those shows, we're just going to throw out some stuff for you and see where it goes. Throw some uh, Aggies news up against the wall and see if it sticks, as they say. But we certainly appreciate you guys tuning in. I am your host, Tim Ham, and uh, it's been fun. We'll do it again tomorrow. Until then, thanks for watching, and we'll see you.